0: Hello, welcome to the No Contempt Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace, and this is the sound that a duck makes. We have no contempt for ducks on this podcast. Hello there. Welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. And uh, if you didn't already know that, then you must not have listened to the intro because I did already tell you that at least one time uh, in the intro. And uh, But in case you missed that, my name is Benjamin Pace. And this is the No Content Podcast. Thanks for, uh, thanks for clicking play today. Um, I'm excited that uh, I'm on a few uh, more platforms than I was before. Starting out, I was just on Anchor and Spotify. But Recently I've gotten to uh, join the ranks on Apple Podcast and a couple of other platforms, uh, Overcast and TuneIn and Pocket Cast. And, uh, so there's a couple of different ways that you can listen to this, and I'm excited about all of them. But, um, you know, this series that I've been on has been entitled GPS, and that is God's Path Shown. It's an acronym slash pun. And uh, But it's all about God has put an inner GPS on the inside of each one of us. And he has uh, given us a, a, a navigator on the inside, uh, really a guide, you could say. And that's what one of the, the names of the Holy Spirit refers to him being our guide and our counselor. And he's given us that on the inside to help us stay on the path, to help us remain in the way that he wants us to go and uh this this is uh the last one of these that I'm going to do and uh but if if you listen to the first two, you know that i I told you that this was going to be a three part series and uh well, I was wrong because this is in fact the fourth part of this series and normally, what I'll do is I'll do three podcasts with myself and then I'll have a guest on and I've been trying to stay relatively consistent with that, but one of the things I have learned. Uh, in being led by the Holy Spirit is you have to be very careful about getting attached to your own plan or your own template for things. It's good to have order. It's good to have a, to have a, a set way of doing things. It's good to have structure. It's good to have a, a, a workflow. And all those things are very good. Um, but you still have to be careful that you don't get too attached to that because the truth is a lot of times that's how traditions get started. And traditions aren't evil in and of themselves, depending on where they came from. But also, Jesus did tell the Pharisees that they had made the Word of God ineffective by their tradition. And if there's anything that I don't want to do is ever make the power of God's Word ineffective by, by trying to squeeze it into my own agenda or own tradition or own little template of, of doing things just a certain way. And I think this is perfect because uh, this goes along with what we're talking about, about being led by the Holy Spirit, because so often um, we get an idea in our mind of what we're going to do, and maybe we were right about that, but we thought, okay, well, that's the end of it, and now we're done, and we're going to do something else. And and the Holy Spirit's like, well, hold on a second. There's there's more here. There's more I want to talk about. There's more I want to say. There's more I want to do. And uh, a lot of times, you know, if if we're too quick to cut things off just, to, just for time's sake, well, you know, we can either do things for Jesus' sake or we can do them for time's sake, but we can't do both of them. And we have to be careful about uh, what we're more mindful of. And we don't want to cut the Holy Spirit off and quench the Holy Spirit right in the middle of something that He wants to get out and He wants to say. And like I said, I'm, I'm all for structure. The Bible says a man makes his plans, but a Lord directs and establishes his steps. So we just have to be careful about getting too hung up on our own plans, our own purposes, our own things. And we have to live responsive to his impulses and to what he says to do. And so this last one of this series, it, it really just came to me as I was I was praying over, recording the last one uh, before this, Wisdom on the Road, and we got into wisdom and the difference between natural wisdom and spiritual wisdom, and, and, and the role that wisdom plays in our lives, and what the difference is between, you know, what the world calls wisdom and what the Bible calls wisdom, and and we got into that, and we had a great time, at least I think we did. I did, so, you know, but... Today, the last one of these is called the pursuit of happiness, and I, and I want to call this one the pursuit of happiness and to talk about this subject. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Pursuit of Happiness. It's a really great movie. Will Smith, Jaden Smith, amazing story about Chris Gardner and uh, <coughs> how he, excuse me, how he um, basically came out of poverty and and, and went from being in poverty. All the way to being successful and and uh, being a, a basically a a famous broker on on Wall Street and uh, amazing story, very inspiring story um, and in a times very sad story um, very great movie um, but that comes to my mind because in, in that movie he's always trying to find happiness and he says that happiness is is always. You know, he, he felt like Thomas Jefferson called it the pursuit of happiness because he knew that it was always a pursuit and it was never something that could be obtained. It was never something that could be uh, grabbed hold of. It was just something, it was a carrot that was always dangled out in front of us that we could never really reach. And, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about this. What is happiness? We talk about you know, happiness, you know, and, and and even in church we say, well, this doesn't bring happiness, and this doesn't bring happiness, and and really, you know, uh, you know, happiness only comes from God, and 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 then you hear other people say, well, Christianity isn't about your happiness, you know, it's it's about serving God and and being faithful, and it's not about your happiness, and and they use you know examples of people who have been persecuted and people who have. Gone through hard times and things like that, and and see Christianity is not about your happiness. And then you know we have all kinds of talk about about these kind of things, and you know we say, well, you, you know your spouse won't bring you happiness, or or your kids won't bring you happiness, or, or that relationship won't bring you happiness, or that job, or money, or, or cars. This won't bring you happiness, and that's all accurate. That's all true. It, it really won't. And, uh, but I, I want to get into this. What, what is happiness and how do we find it? Because the truth is, if happiness exists, you know it has to exist on the path of life that God has for you. I mean, there's no other place that you'll find it, so surely there has to be something in God and in our relationship with God that qualifies as happiness. And, and I want to talk about what that is. The, the, the reality is that happiness is satisfaction. Happiness is not just being excited about something. That's excitement. Happiness is not um, just, just being, you know, uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not anything that, that is just uh, an emotion. Let me say it like that. Um, but really, happiness is satisfaction it's being satisfied it's learning to live satisfied and it reminds me of how paul said in in philippians that i have learned the secret of being satisfied in every in every state in every set, set of circumstances and so really he was saying i'm happy i'm happy either way i'm happy whether or not i have all this stuff and and this is happening and i'm happy if i don't have it and i want to get into why i believe Paul was happy. I mean, obviously he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but let's get into a little bit more of what that is and why. Happiness is satisfaction. It's being satisfied. But I want to point this out to you today. A lot of people blame other people for their lack of happiness. They say, well, this person is not doing what they should do. Uh, my spouse isn't doing what they should do. My family isn't doing what they should do. My boss isn't doing what they should do. They're they're treating me this way. They did this. They did that. And certainly what other people do does affect our soul. It affects our heart. It affects us emotionally. It it affects us mentally. It affects us physically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and we're not supposed to deny that other people ha can have that effect on us. I mean we're not robots. We are human beings. We have souls, we have emotions, we have hearts, and and, and that's just the truth. Things hurt. But but what are we talking about when we talk about happiness? Are other people really the the cause of, of your lack of satisfaction? No, they're not. And I'm gonna explain to you why. Jesus said this uh in the book of John, I believe it's in chapter four. He said, "My meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work." Well, meat is another word for food. In other words, my food, my satisfaction comes from doing the will of God. Well, Paul said, "I'm content because I can what? Do all things through Christ who strengthens me." He didn't say, "I'm content because Christ does all things for me." Uh-oh. That's not what he said, is it? He, he didn't say, I'm, I'm content in every circumstance because God, because Christ does all things for me. And he, he, he always, now he does do things for us. The Bible says in Psalm 57, he performs all things for me. So that, that is an element of our relationship with God. But, but listen to this part. So many people are unsatisfied and unhappy, not because of what other people are doing or not doing, but because of what they are not doing simply because they are not following the path that God has for them. They are not obeying the Holy Spirit. They're quenching the Holy Spirit. There there are things that, that God has been trying to get them to do, to step into, that He's called them to do, and, and yet they have been living in a state of unresponsiveness to the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Now, we talked about that in part two of this uh, in a... Uh, where we talked about can I get a witness, about living with living responsive to the impulses of the Holy Spirit, and how Romans 8.14 talks about those who are the mature sons of God are led by the impulses of His Spirit. And there are so many things that people are not satisfied, they're not happy because they are not responding to God. They're not doing what God is telling them to do. They're not saying what God is telling them to say. They're They're living after the flesh. You know, the Bible says that that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And in another place, it talks about in Proverbs how the eyes of man are never satisfied. You know, uh, there's a lot of of stuff in our culture and in the world today that is always trying to just feed us eye candy and feed us soul candy and just things that That just kind of thrill us for the moment and thrill our eyes for the moment and and everything's always a big explosion and a big flashing light. And there's so many things that, that they don't satisfy us on the inside, they just appeal to the outside. And so many people are living unsatisfied because they are feeding something that can't be satisfied they're feeding their eyes and they can't be satisfied through their eyes because the eyes are never satisfied. They're, they're trying to feed their soul, but the soul can't be satisfied with, with those things. They're trying to feed their flesh, but the flesh will never be satisfied if you just live after the flesh. Now, now your body can live in a state of peace and rest and, and satisfaction, but it doesn't come through you just always trying to feed that because the truth is lust, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, they're like infections that, that rage through a body. They're never, they're never content. They're never satisfied. And they're like a gnawing hunger that is a bottomless pit. And no matter what you try to feed the flesh, you feed the eyes, you feed your soul, they'll never find satisfaction. And that's why you see people get off into all kinds of crazy stuff because they're living after the flesh. But the Bible says to to live after the Spirit is life and peace. Well, you know what peace is: satisfaction, rest, contentment. Uh, I think about how David said in Psalm one thirty one, um, "My soul is like a weaned child, and my soul is at rest like a like a mature weaned child." In other words, a child that that has gotten to the point where he doesn't cry anymore. It, he says that's what my soul is like. And God wants our souls to be that way as well. But the reason why we're so often unhappy is because we're just living after the flesh and, and living by the impulses of the flesh rather than the impulses of the Spirit. And, and if we would respond to the Holy Spirit, if we would respond to, to what He is prompting us to do and the path He is trying to lead us on, then we would experience the satisfaction of doing the will of God. I want to submit something to you. Even Christians who have been persecuted and yet were doing the will of God, even Christians who have been martyred have died satisfied because they knew they were doing the will of God. Now, I'm not saying that makes persecution easy. I'm not saying I've never had to experience intense persecution, especially physically or anything like that. Um, but I know that when you do the will of God, it satisfies something in you that nothing else can. And there's something about living by the Spirit that satisfies you. You know, we started this series in the first one, The Path of Life, by talking about Psalm 16, where it says that sorrow will be multiplied to those who chase after another god. But then it says that, that in, uh, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So there's this joy and there's this peace and there's this satisfaction that comes from being on the path of life and doing the will of God. I think there's a lot of people who, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out what, what direction to go in life. They're trying to figure out, you know, they have all these, these plans and and all these statistics and, and and they have their five-year plan kind of drawn out and and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to finish high school, and, and then I'm going to immediately go to college. And, and then, you know, after I go to college, I'm going to, you know, get my degree. And then, then I'm going to do this job and go into this field. And then I'm going to do that for this many years. And I'm going to save this amount of money. And, and I'm going to do all this and do that. And then I'm going to, you know, hopefully get married and, and have kids. and But, you know, I'm probably going to plan out how many kids I'm going to have and, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, well, you say, well, what's wrong with that? It's good to be a planner. Well, the thing that's wrong with that is it leaves no room for God. And uh, I'll even say to you, I don't, I don't believe that we were meant to plan out the next 10 years of our life. Um, and I know that's a bold statement, uh, but the truth be told, unless God chooses to reveal that much of your life to you, um, I, I believe that it's hard to be willing if you are going to try to plan out that much of your life ahead of time. And you notice the thing about that is is a lot of times people who live like that are are not very happy because in their mind they've already got their whole life figured out and there's no surprise, there's no real excitement, there's no passion, there's no joy. They're just thinking practically. And I know that's a personality thing sometimes. But what I'm talking about is leaving room for the Holy Spirit to direct you. What if He told you to do something differently? What if He told you to, to sell this like He told the rich young ruler and go and do this instead? Now, now you may not be like me, you may not be called to ministry or or full-time ministry like I feel called to, but but I tell you this, you are called to follow God. You are called to follow His path for your life, And, and His path will not always turn out the way that you thought it would. In the same way that I wasn't planning on doing a fourth podcast, God has things for you that He hasn't shown you yet. Now, the Bible says in in John 16 that he shows us things to come. But, you know, really, that's just glimpses, and that's just a part, because the Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says that. And God is not going to show you the whole thing. He's not going to show you the whole thing unraveled turn by turn. You know, you may be able to do that on, on Google, but you can't do that with the plan of God, because the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. And, you know, I heard somebody tell this story one time, you know, when the Bible says that, that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path in Psalm 119, really in the Hebrew lamp that they're referring to at that time was a small little lamp that only lighted the step right in front of you. And, and I think that's such a picture of, of what the Holy Spirit does. He'll show us a glimpse of the future, but then he'll give us one step of faith to take toward it and not show us anything else. Now, he may show you more than that over time. You may have more of an understanding of some things, but so often people get off the path of life and they're unsatisfied and they're unhappy because they're following their plan and their path rather than God's. They've left their derrick. They've left the thing that God wanted them to go on because they simply refuse to live by faith. Now, I'm not saying that it's, it's wrong to... To plan a career. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's wrong to have an idea of what you want to do in 10 years. Uh, God leads us in, in, into those fields. We need Christians to be doctors. We need Christians uh, to be psychiatrists. We need Christians uh, to be in government. And God can reveal that to somebody even at a young age and say, hey, I, I'm, I'm calling you into this field. But that doesn't mean he's going to show you exactly how he wants you to get there. Because here's the thing, God wants you to be in those places and in those positions, but He doesn't just want you to be there. He wants you to have His character when you get there. And if you don't learn to follow His leading and and develop His character and to live by faith before you get there, then how can He trust you to do those things once you're there? And and if God can't trust you to do those things once you're there, then why does He need you there? What, what, what What are you there for? There's a reason why God... Did things with Joseph the way he did them, uh you know at first, Joseph had a dream, and he had these things he wanted to do, and he had these things he was excited about, and he was so excited about it that he went and told all of his brothers about it and and that's something that he probably thought later maybe he shouldn't have done, and, and he wasn't as quick to do that in the future. you see he matured a little bit, uh, but he he made some people jealous, he made his brothers jealous, and next thing he knows he gets thrown in a pit well. Uh, He didn't know it, but he was on the path because God was was leading him to his destiny. But see, God needed to develop some character in him before he got him to that place and because he had to learn how to hear from God. Now, Joseph was a little bit different because he didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit like New Testament believers do, but God still spoke to him and God still worked through him during that time. And everything in the Old Testament is a type of, of, of the New Testament, of Christ and, and of the life of a believer. But, you know, Joseph, you know, he gets sold into a caravan of, of slave traders. So he gets trafficked. Joseph gets human trafficked. And, 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 he, and he's going to Egypt. He didn't realize it, but he's actually still on the path. Now, I believe God protected him and kept him from harm and, and, and wrong things while he was there but he went to Egypt and he ends up getting bought by a man named Potiphar and uh the bible says that Joseph was faithful with what was in his hand and he was faithful with everything that Potiphar entrusted him to and god blessed him on behalf of it and things were going pretty well for Joseph he had he had a pretty good job i mean he's he's the the master uh, of the house, he's the master slave, and and Potiphar put everything in his hand. He's like the manager, basically. He's got a good position, and then one day, what happens? Uh, the cougar strikes, and she and, and Potiphar's wife is, is like just just throwing herself at Joseph and trying to get him to commit sin with her, and Joseph's like, no, I'm not I'm not going to do that. I, I how can I do this? How can I sin against God? And see, Joseph passed that test of integrity, and God knew he could trust him because it wasn't just about, uh, about uh, Joseph's talents, it was about his integrity. See, God, God gives you your gifts and your talents, but he also has to develop your integrity along with them. Otherwise, you can fall once you get there. Listen, if Joseph had the gift and the talent, but he didn't have integrity, he would have slept with Potiphar's wife on the first night. And it would have all been lost. And God's plan to get Joseph where he wanted him to be to save the nation of Israel would have been thwarted. And that's how Satan is. Satan's always trying to bring things to pull us off the path. He's trying to undermine our integrity. He's trying to undermine our faith. Because the Bible says whatever is not of faith is sin and if He can get us to stop living by faith and just to do our own thing. And this goes back to what we talked about in the last podcast about natural wisdom. We have to be careful about living with natural wisdom all the time and not having spiritual understanding. This, is, this goes right along with this. Spiritual understanding may not see everything or know everything that's going to happen in the natural, but it has spiritual understanding. And that's the quality that God needs us to have. To get us where he wants us to be. I concluded the last podcast with reading in Proverbs 2. How it talks about those who stay on the path will find their destiny. Well God has a destiny for you. He has a place he wants you to be. He wants to take you somewhere. But in order to get there you have to follow his path. And you've got to do it his way. You've got to do things his way. And that requires us to live by faith. So Joseph you know he goes to jail. He's in jail. He's thrown in prison. Well, that really looks like a demotion, does it not? That's not that wasn't a part of his five year plan. And yet, he was still on the path. Because the Bible says, uh, after two years in prison, he was just as faithful there and just as blessed there as he was in Potiphar's house. And you know what else it says about Joseph? He was happy, he was satisfied. He came in one day to two of the prisoners fighting, and he said, Guys, what are y'all so mad about? Why are y'all so upset? Why are y'all so unhappy? In other words, he, he's in a good mood. He's satisfied. Now, I'm sure he had challenging days. I'm sure he was challenged emotionally. I'm not playing games and, and thinking that, that he didn't get uh, challenged in his soul and, and have moments of depression. I'm sure he did. I know I would have. But, but yet, after two years of being here, he's satisfied. He's content. Why? Because he's doing the will of God, he's being faithful. He, he's, he's got the blessing on his life, not because of what people did or didn't do for him, but because of what he's doing. See, he could have blamed Potiphar. He could have blamed Potiphar's wife. He could have gotten upset and said, oh, they betrayed me. It's all their fault. He could have made a documentary on YouTube exposing Potiphar and his wife. He could have done that whole thing. And yet instead he just chose to do the will of God and he was satisfied and content. And what happened God ended up promoting him to second in command of Egypt because he not only had the gift and the dream, but he had the faith and the integrity to be there. And he knew how to be faithful, and he knew how to hear God. And so when God gave him instruction in that position, he did exactly what God told him to do, and it saved a nation. It saved Israel, and it saved Egypt. And God had this whole plan, but it wasn't just about... God getting him to that place. It was about the condition that he was in when he got there. He didn't just have his own plan. He just did the will of God. He focused on doing the will of God. I've talked to people before. I've talked to young kids and, and they're like, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for a while. And and then if that doesn't work out, my plan B is to do this. And, and if that doesn't work out, well, then I'll do this. And I'm going to get this degree just in case. And, and, uh, there's, there's somebody who is a believer and uh, I just looked at them and I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you think God has a plan B for your life? And they were like, well, no, no. But I mean, you know, I think it's it's wisdom to, to have this, you know, just in case. And I think it's wisdom to do this just in case. And uh, I didn't discourage them from that. I said, well, it may be wisdom. If the Lord told you to do that, you need to do that. Um, and if you feel impressed to do that, go ahead and do it. Absolutely. But I just want to encourage you. Uh, God doesn't have a plan B for your life. And uh, you'd be better off just finding out what he wants you to do and stick to it. And don't draw back from it. And now you know, people say, well, God does have plan B's because sometimes we get off. No, he doesn't have a plan B. He just has a lot of ways of getting you back on plan A. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. God doesn't have a plan B for your life. He just has a lot of ways of getting you back on plan A if you'll repent and if you'll listen to him. And uh I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, use wisdom and do this and do that and 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 you know, invest in this and invest in that. Do it. But listen, like bringing it back to the beginning, in all of your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. You know, one time I was uh I was uh going down to serve a ministry in Texas and uh there came a point when when we were asked to get part-time jobs uh because we had to get apartments and things like that and uh well everybody kind of went out and and was looking for jobs and 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 some people you know had got some some jobs initially that were you know and then they got better jobs eventually and and those were all great those were all good in fact you know some of those things helped helped us all get into the places we needed to get into and things like that but uh You know, I I, I can't I can't, you know, attest for what other people should or shouldn't have done. That's between them and God, but I want to talk about me. Um when I when I heard that I needed to get a job, I was like, Okay, Lord, well what what do you want me to do about that? You know, I could have run out the door and gone indeed.com and applied for five different jobs and done this and done that and all this stuff. But the truth is I I got quiet and almost immediately in my mind, it's like I saw a picture of Chick-fil-A and I saw a picture of the sign of Chick-fil-A in my heart. In my mind, I was like, well, oh, I don't want to work at Chick-fil-A. Like they tuck their shirts in and I don't want to do that. And they shave and cut their hair. And I wasn't a big fan of that. I wanted to grow my hair out, but I felt like the Lord brought me this, this image in this picture of Chick-fil-A. And, uh, I felt like, I felt like, the Lord was, was witnessing to my heart that I needed to work at Chick-fil-A. Well, I was like, okay, you know, I guess I can apply there. Well, as time went on, um, I, I, I applied for the job and, and didn't really hear back. And, uh, you know, a couple of people you know, said to me, well, you need to just go and, and just apply for a few other jobs too, just in case you need to go put your application out there and, and do this and do that. And, and listen, uh, I'm not giving you advice to say you shouldn't do that. Um, There have been other times I've done that, and and it helped me to get the right job. Uh, God leads us where we're at, and He leads us with what we understand at the moment. And I'm not saying you have to have a burning bush word from the Lord for everything. But I will say this to you. If you acknowledge Him in all your ways, He will direct your path. And you don't necessarily have to go through a hundred different wrong things to get to the right thing. God will help you if we'll listen to Him, if we'll be moved by His Spirit. So anyway... Um, People were like, well, you need to go apply here and go apply there just in case and and just kind of put things out there because you really just need to get a job. And that was true. I did need to get a job. But I also knew this. I had spiritual understanding of this, that I didn't just want to get a job. I knew God had a job for me and I wanted to be at the right place at the right time with the right people. And uh, but I kind of took some of that advice and and actually went into another restaurant down the street that that was a burger restaurant. And it wasn't very nice. And and in fact, you know, when I got there, (laughs) this is (laughs) like an Asian lady like greeted me at the door and and she was cross eyed. And she's like, oh, you want you want to get a job here? And I was like, actually, no, I'm good. And, uh, you know, so I was going to apply there, but I, I chose not to it just didn't feel right. But and I don't mean that to sound like against Asian people. I love Asian people. I don't mean to be like mocking that or anything like that. It's just, that's what it was. It was, it was an Asian woman. She was cross-eyed and that's how she talked. Okay. That's, let's just leave it at that. But, and I love her. God loves her. She's a very valuable person, but um, that's just what happened. But so I was like, I don't want to work there. I just, I just don't feel like that's right. And uh, so so I I went back to Chick-fil-A and just kind of checked in with them again, and I really just felt like I was supposed to work at Chick-fil-A. And, uh, you know, I ended up talking to the manager and and things like that, and finally ended up getting the job at Chick-fil-A and and started working there. And and I didn't start right away and didn't get paid a lot right away, but I'll tell you what, that was one of the most productive... Uh, times of working somewhere I've ever had. I ended up working there for about three and a half years. I got promoted there. I uh, got raises there. I ended up being in leadership. I ended up going to leadership conferences that were sponsored by my manager. I they, she paid for for me and other leaders to go and be a part of leadership conferences uh, with people uh, that were big name people uh, in, in leadership and things like that. And, and if I said some of their names, you'd know who they were. And we just learned some valuable things about leadership, and they really invested in us and poured into us. And not to mention, I made some extremely valuable and even crucial divine connections at that job and friendships and things like that that were just awesome connections. I made them at Chick-fil-A, working there that that three years. But, you know, it was important for me to hear from God and to obey God in that. It was important that I not just work anywhere. I had to acknowledge God in that, and I had to do the will of God in that, and I didn't know until the last minute that I was even going to need to get a job, and I had to just be flexible. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 92 that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, and those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to Florida or California or anywhere that has palm trees, but you know what I've discovered about palm trees? Uh, They're flexible. And uh, when the Bible says the righteous flourish like a palm tree, I believe a big part of flourishing the way God wants us to is being flexible with His Holy Spirit, is being willing. The Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And in fact, you know, one of the things that makes a palm tree uh, so strong in the face of a hurricane is the fact that it has a soft center, or you could say a tender heart. And the Bible has a lot to say about us being tender-hearted. In fact, I talked about that in, in one of the last podcasts about being having a tender heart that's quick to believe. But that causes us to flourish when we have that tenderness and that sensitivity, not toward people in the sense of like being sensitive and easily offended, but being sensitive to the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to ask you, what, what is God telling you to do? What, what's the path? What, what is His will for your life? inquire about that and find out what that is. Because if you're not satisfied and if you're not happy, chances are that's why chances are there are some things he's trying to deal with you about. I heard somebody say it like this one time. If you feel like there's more, that's probably because there's more. If you're unsatisfied, it's probably because there's more that God wants to show you and reveal to you. And there's more he wants you to do because when you do the will of God, like Jesus, his meat is, Uh, was to do the will of him who sent him. And it is satisfying to do the will of God. It is satisfying to be on the path of life. I'm talking about the pursuit of happiness today and what it means to find contentment, to find satisfaction, and how to find it on the path that God has set for us. And again, I'm not telling you uh, not to use natural wisdom. I'm not telling you not to apply for jobs. I'm not telling you not to go to college. I'm not telling you any of that stuff. I'm going to break it down to you this way. Whatever He says to you, do it. Find out what God is asking you to do. It may be going to college, but do it in faith because He told you to do it. Don't do it because it's just the practical thing to do. Don't do it because it's what everybody else in your family did or even because what your parents want you to do. Find out what He wants you to do and do that with your whole heart. And that is where you'll find not only the blessing and, and, and prosperity But that's where you'll find satisfaction and contentment from doing the will of God. My name is Benjamin Pace. This is the No Content Podcast. I hope you got something out of this today. I will talk to you the next time that you hit play. Bye bye. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Please remember these three things number one, God loves you, number two, you are valuable. And number three, so is everyone else. And number four, don't forget to feed the ducks.